0: Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Hey
1: everyone, this is BT and welcome to Inside the Episode. Today, David and I are talking about I can't change the world, but I can change myself.
0: I like that. You like that? I like that,
1: yeah. I was just thinking about making some sort of joke about, you know, I can't change my underwear, but I guess I will. <laughs> but I probably better not because this is serious business here on the Successful oh, Mind podcast. Serious. It is a little bit, but yeah, I can't change the world. I like this episode particularly because of what we're going, what's going on in the world today. So most people are frustrated. Um, I hate saying most people, but there's many people who are frustrated by the state of what's going on on some sort of level, and they believe that they can't make significant change on a global scale. And you actually said that's true. You're mostly, mostly true because most people aren't going to be able to make a change that's going to affect the entire world. Right. It can happen, but more often than not for the regular Joe like myself, it doesn't. However, that person can make a change in their own life, yeah. in their own world, and that basically revolves around them showing up differently to create an experience that they want. And that's when you get into one of the main mantras we have at our company and in your life is our greatest power is the ability to choose. Right. So can you talk more about that power of choice and how it's guided you all these years in your business?
0: Well, first, th- let's think about something for a minute here, though. Generally, when a person is unhappy with their world or the way that they're perceiving their world, there's something about it that is upsetting them that they don't like, right? And I don't think that, that well, like you say, most people, and I think it's really true. I, yeah. think it's, I think it's most people. When they see something that's upsetting them about the world that they're in, the environment that they're in, they're not thinking to themselves, gee, I wonder if it's how I'm perceiving this that's causing the problem. They're convinced it's you, it's the job, it's the government, it's the TV industry, it's Hollywood, it's it's religion, it's the Pope. Like, they're convinced that it's these things. And while there may be things uh, that somebody's doing that you don't like or you don't agree with, really, the internal process is how you're perceiving it. So to answer your question, with me, it made all the... Like, I realized this to some degree when I first made a shift in my life. It was so dramatic. It happened so fast that it really caused me to think that there was something to the way that I was thinking that actually was making a significant difference here. I didn't know how, I didn't know why, I didn't know any of that. I just knew that I changed the way that I was thinking and I had a completely different experience in my life. And I want people to understand, I do not believe that you change anything by just thinking, but it is all the subsequent things that take place, but it starts with the thought. So what I found out later on was, because I kept thinking to myself, how is it that an opportunity could be here and I don't see it? Especially one that seemed so simple, yet had such a significant impact. How could I miss this for for so long? How could I not see this? I didn't know that what you think about most of the day controls your perception of the world that you're in. I just didn't know that. Nobody ever taught me that. Sure. So how would I know, right? Um, but that's what I found out later on, that when I changed the way that I was thinking, in other words thinking about the world that I was in, I saw it differently. And that that seeing it different, differently gave me a different experience of the same situation, but just from a completely different vantage point. That allowed me to see an opportunity that allowed me to enact a different choice, which changed all of my circumstances, you know, basically virtually overnight. So how has it impacted me? Well, it took me off a course that was probably just total destruction in my life, and I totally changed my life around, you know, 180 degrees and went in a totally different direction. And that was that started back in in 1983, 1982, maybe. Let's say 1982. Sure. Yeah. Ninety two. Th- I'm sorry, yeah, ninety two. I think
1: a lot of people who are familiar with you and with the show, they've known that you haven't always been the person you are today. Right, like right. you had to put in a considerable amount of work to yeah. get there. Oh, yeah. But even having that evolved thought Early on when you were starting on this journey about how, you know, I need to, I can choose my own experience. Not a lot of people, but people listening to this get that, but there's a lot of people out there that don't. Why is that? Why do they resist it so much? Well, I can not see it.
0: See, I don't think that they're resisting it. I think that they're never taught it to begin with. We are, well, I can, I can, I can just tell you specifically from my own life. From the time I was born till the time I was in my early 20s, everybody that around me basically gave me, here is life, absolutely. This is the way that you think about this, and this, and this, and this. all the different things in life. I knew all their opinions on how life was. And they all told me that this is the way that it is. So if you're raised that way, you're not thinking that it's any other way. Even if you have doubts. They'll put those doubts. That's crazy thinking. Don't be a dreamer. That's not how it is. You haven't lived long enough. Wake up. One day you're going to realize when you get older, you won't say that. Like, it's all indicating that your thoughts are juvenile. They're immature. They're unexperienced. Uh, they're undisciplined. Like, it, it just, it's, it's basically, you need to stop thinking that way, and you need to start thinking the way that I think or that we think. Um, we're now experiencing that with our government. We experience that with the news. And so a person never steps back because here's the thing. Nobody wants to look like a fool, right? I mean, if what do they tell you when they've told you something for a long time, you didn't listen and you fuck up? Told you so. Yo, told you so. Did. Didn't I tell you not maybe to do that? Did. How many times did I tell you not to do that, right? I can't tell you how many times I heard that in sure. my life growing up. And... So then what do we learn? Uh, I better listen to other people. They have, they have more wisdom. They've lived longer. They have more experience. And they could be completely fucking wrong in what they're saying. But us not wanting to look like an idiot and then eventually not wanting to make mistakes, we just go along with it. So we're thinking more about what they're thinking and how we're reacting to it, never realizing that if we change the way that we think, we could have a completely different experience that's also true. And for a lot of people, that just the subtlety of that truth can go from a life that's being depressed and miserable to being happy and enthusiastic about life. That's just at a bare minimum. Sure. Right. And that's everything. I mean, no matter what you're doing, if you're happy and enthusiastic about life, you're enjoying your life. Right. You know? But if you're depressed, if you're miserable, if you're sick, if if everything is is, you know, pessimistic. What kind of fun is that? Right. Just changing that little bit can give you a completely different experience just based on that level. And then if you take it further, there's nothing that you can't change in your own in your own experience. And I think that like if we want to change the world, the more people that that learn how to think because it is a skill. It, yeah, it you is. Know, you sure. learn instead of just going by what other people tell us to think, we learn how to think and other people see that, that you can break free based on that, I think that eventually it would catch on. I think the, I think the question that a lot of people have is like, is it too late for something like that? Is have we too, gone yeah. too far down a hole for it to change? And I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not even going to pretend no. to know the answer to that. I mean, I think that uh, it's very easy based on what we're experiencing to go this can't be changed because of the severity of the way that people think. However, we, history also proves that that's not true. There had been many, many countries that went down that road before a certain group of individuals said that we're not going to live this way anymore, and they came and started the United States. Yeah. So, is it an absolute? Probably not. You know, even though it feels like it that that it's that way for a lot of people.
1: Sure. Well, there's still time to get on that Mars shuttle. I think there's, there's there's some seats. We can start a whole new colony up there. How about that? You
0: think we have problems here? <laughs> go colonize Mars, right? I really like air. When they get the condominiums <laughs> up, then I'll go check, it, go out. check yeah. it out. Go
1: check it out. Was there anybody in your family... Because when you were talking a moment ago about how you were getting the same message over and over again from probably, I I think, about your your mom or your dad or your immediate family. Was there ever anybody in your family that had a dissenting opinion that didn't match up from your parents that maybe got you to think that there was two sides to every story? Because I got to think that if you get the same message over and over and over again and there's no dissenting, you'll never reach that awareness that oh, you know what? I do understand um, both sides of this coin.
0: The one person in my childhood that was trained how to think somewhat was my grandmother. Okay. Because she was, um, she had a master's degree in uh, uh, psychotherapy, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, she was a therapist for a long time. She, she also had a terrible childhood she was an alcoholic as a young woman. I didn't know her then obviously, but I heard that she was a pretty horrific person at one point, suicidal, like attempted suicide several times. But she, but somehow or another, she went into therapy and she was in therapy for a long time and she got her shit straight. And then she decided she wanted to become a therapist. So I was exposed to her and while I, while I think that my grandmother probably still had a long way to go in the end, there were a lot of things that, that she never tackled in her life. There, there was some learning from her about how to think about some things differently. But in overall worldview, not so much. Okay. Not so much. And she could rip a strip off somebody real quick. I mean, she could take you from feeling pretty good, down to yeah. nothing really really fast. She didn't do that with me much, but I but she did it with me a couple of times as a kid that I didn't really understand then. Um but I watched her do it and I also watched her talk about other people. Now, th- from a good and bad perspective, one was that she made me think a little bit differently about other people. It didn't matter whether I agreed with her or not. She, I saw that there was an opportunity to think differently about people. So that kind of sparked something sure. uh, in my mind. But anybody that, that – there, there was not – I'm thinking as you're asking me that question, I can't think of anybody that was in my family that thought radically different. There were two – so two people – that had a couple of different opinions than most of the family. My father was one, um, and my grandmother was another one. But from an overall life perspective, no. It was different on a couple of different issues. And that was about it.
1: Yeah, I think I was thinking the same thing. To answer my own question, I didn't have a lot of people that had varying opinions. Everybody seemed to kind of toe the company line, if you will. Um, and e- there may have been people there, but because I was so inundated by my immediate family, I um, They probably drilled into me and I may have just forgotten about it, but it kind of makes me wonder there's people out there who are probably listening who might have that, Oh, that's your crazy aunt Gladys, you know, don't listen to what she said. She's crazy. But actually she might be one of the free thinkers in there that if you would have paid a little bit more attention, you'd have a more worldly view of things as opposed to singularly focused.
0: Yes. I do. I will tell you this though. It was where I really noticed that different thinking was when I started to get around other people. When I had a little bit more independence, I was a little older, you know, in my childhood, and I could actually go be around other individuals on my own. Um, I started to experience people thinking differently about just common things. But I remember being shocked that they thought differently about it. Like, there's a different way to think about this, and at first, I, as a kid, I remember being resistant, like, because I'm like, no, this is the only way that you do this. And it was about stupid everyday stuff, right? But then I would see somebody had a totally different way of thinking or doing something. And I remember thinking to myself at first, like, no, you're an idiot. But then later on, realizing, oh, lots of different people think different about these things. So that caused a question mark in my mind, right? I don't, I don't remember getting an answer, but i do know at that time that i was searching for answers and that was like another piece of information that i just put away somewhere yeah. and it became it became relevant later in my life.
1: Sure. Uh, That's great. Um, Well, this, this episode was centered. I mean, the underlying theme for me that I pulled from it was the importance of personal responsibility. That's a cornerstone topic we hit on this show quite often. And even at your events, there's always this conversation about you are responsible for you. You do you. So why is it that some people just refuse to accept that responsibility for their actions or where they are in their life? Is it because... They got a certain comfort in being a victim? Is it fear-based? Like what causes that person to just refuse to accept that I'm the one driving this train?
0: Because I think they grow up as a victim. So it was, t- it was total yeah. environment. Oh yeah. 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 Environmental it's, it's environmental. Situation. It's environmental. It even, you know, it doesn't even need to be a, a victim. Like most people think of a victim, like a rape victim or a murder victim or a victim of a robbery or victim of some bad thing. Just the idea that they're not empowered, you know, um, I remember growing up, most of the people that, that I was around, um, they, they had a negative view of people that did well. You know, it was, they're doing well, but, and then the but. there was something that was not very flattering about them after that, right? So there was this idea that you couldn't really do well because you weren't this, that, or the other. Right, depending on whatever it is that they thought, which is the kind of victim thinking. It's like sure. these people have monopolized this, and you can't be part of it because of whatever your station in life actually is. There wasn't a whole lot of like um, severe victim thinking, but it was there. It was there with a lot of different things. It was there. I saw it as a kid with race. I saw it as is uh, uh, with the haves and the have-nots type thing. Uh, my father, who was on the other side of that spectrum, like he, he really sat me down when I, got, when I first got a really good job. Uh, it was a union shop that I went to work with, and he said, listen to me. He said, your ambition should be to climb into management of that company, not to be a union think person and he's like they're never going anywhere those people they if they never get enough they're full of entitlement they want to do the less the least amount for the most like stay away from those guys he said if you want to if you want to progress go this way right and i never forgot that that he that he told me that and i remember seeing you know it was that was a battle for me in the beginning because At first, I'm one of those guys, right, because I'm driving a truck, and then I start to step out of it, and how many of those guys kind of turn their back on me? Like, oh, we see who you are now. Sure. You know, you're a brown noser. You're an ass kisser. You're, you know, a dick sucker. This is, you're one of those people over there. You're not, you're not one of us. And instantly, I became the enemy. Which was not anything in my mind. I wanted to advance my life. I was extremely eager and enthusiastic back in those days about changing everything that I saw that was broken, like over-enthusiastic, like a lot of young people are, without putting a whole lot of thought into it. Um, But never an enemy to anybody. So it was a wake-up call. Like, this is one of the reasons my dad was telling me this, because it's like, listen, when you do this, you're going to see. You're going to see that you get rejected. You know, these people will severely reject you. Yeah, in You a find out cases. who
1: your real friends you are do. in those moments instead of it. At the time you probably thought they were completely and totally for you, yep. but it turns out they were for what you were for in the moment. And then when you broke away, they were threatened by that. And it's easy to just cast stones your way, calling you a brown noser, or calling you, yeah. a, you know, t- it
0: actually started before I got promoted though, because when I, when I got this job, I changed so radically in my mind about how I was approaching work I was going to work harder than anybody, right? There was nothing I wouldn't do uh, with a smile on my face, and I was going to do it better than anybody. Like, I was so focused on here's an opportunity. I'm not letting this go. I'm going to be the best at this that I can be. And I would actually get pulled aside by drivers sometimes, and they'd be like, you need to knock it off because you're making it worse. If you if, if you do this, they're going to think we all can do it. We're not doing it, so you better knock it off. I got threatened several wow. times. I mean, there were, there were a couple times... I almost thought I was going to get into a fist fight with them, but I would stand up to them and I would tell them back the fuck off. Seriously, right? Back the fuck off. It's so and they would, they would. But I was not making friends. Right. There was a whole set of people that were not friendly to the idea that I was busting my ass at work every day.
1: Yeah, you're all making us look bad because you're yes. doing a great job. Yes, Not exactly. just an adequate job.
0: Right. Oof. Right. <laughs> and I was with. I was explicitly. I was told that. Wow by them.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure people listening have gone through that on their own. I'm right. sure. Totally. I think everybody has, you know, I'm you, sure. you start to shine a little bit and then people want to knock that shine right off your right yep. off your head. Yep. So um, in the episode, you you shared a quote. I couldn't find out who wrote the quote, but part of it was, be careful of the thing that you get good at. And it kind of hit me a little bit. Can you talk more about your interpretation of that statement and why it stood out to you? Like, be careful of the thing that you get good at.
0: Well, I heard it way back then. And I remember that the way that I heard it, it was almost like a warning. It wasn't directed at me. It was said to somebody else. But what I saw was that if you get at the wrong, you know, like life can be a heaven or hell. If you get good at the wrong thing, you're gonna create hell out of your life. And I had never thought about it like that before. And it always stood out to me. And I've heard it many, many times since. But in the very beginning, it was kind of like here's a warning. Here, You know, here is a warning. Be really careful at the thing that you get good at because it's not always going to be the thing that you want yeah. or the outcome that you want, sure. I should say. Yeah, no, that's
1: great. Well, here's another Nagel nugget I pulled out. The more I look for what's wrong, the more of that I will find. And you talked about the same is true when looking for right, and that's where you pulled yeah. in the law of polarity, which we love on this show. And and I took that to look at our current situation, and it's very easy to look at only the bad things that happened over the course of the last 12 months, we'll say. And neglect that there has been some good. Um, So it's very easy to go online and see all the deaths that have been caused by COVID. Uh, But we rarely talk about the people who have fully recovered, like something like 97, 98% recovery rate of a certain age. Um, It's easy to see that a lot of people lost their jobs. What we don't focus on is that some of those people that lost their jobs have now pivoted into their true passion and are doing something else in business. That's going to bring them more great things in their life. We don't talk about those things.
0: Right. So it doesn't sell papers. It
1: doesn't sell papers. It's not clickbait. Absolutely. But I just, I, I love that, you know, when we talk about the law of polarity, you know, there's always something better. There's always something worse. And for most people, we tend to, well, I'll use myself as an example. I tend to steer toward the worst case scenario. Um, but you mentioned that the, the first step to making significant changes is to look at the bright side or look at the good side and also understand that there is a bad side as well. So all that to say, how does an understanding of the law of polarity allow a person to make these big changes in their life? Because it's a very important law.
0: Yeah, I think, I, I think the answer to the question is that it makes them aware that there's something else there. And I think that that causes thought. I, if you remember my story, I used to go, I would literally go into the lunchroom every day when, when it was when it was our lunch break at work. And I would sit down with a pad of paper, a pencil, and a calculator and my lunch. And I would try to figure out how do I go from twenty thousand a year to forty. And my my so what I would so here's what I would do. I would add up raises. I would add up if I worked this much overtime. But I was also attempting to do some things on the outside that brought in money. Like I got this opportunity to buy a used Chevy Blazer with a snow plow. And my wife would call me and she'd be like, because I worked 56 miles away from work, so that even the weather could be a little bit different. If we were gonna get over an inch of snow, I had developed contracts with parking lots, wet uh, restaurants, the truck stop, whatever, to go plow. And I would make more money doing that than I would overtime. So I would not take the overtime that night, and I would go home, and I would hook up the truck with the plow, and then I would go plow until the morning came, right? Because I could make more money. So I would figure out, well, if we get snow this year. Like, I was really trying to figure out how do I break out of this, and, of course, the answer to me at the time was more money because I didn't know. So it will tell you how limited my thought process was, but it also shows how much I was looking for another way to do it. I just didn't know. When I I changed my attitude and something else opened to me that changed my experience, it was very much looking like the law of polarity. I now saw options I didn't even know that I had. So it caused me to think more. I mean, just that experience alone, it caused me to think so much outside of the box that here I am today with this company, right? If I had not thought that way, I wouldn't be here. Today, because I never would have gotten out of that box, I was looking for a way out, and because something happened to cause me to think differently, now I had a reason to think about things that were differently. It was see, it wasn't part of my experience Mm -hmm. before that. It it didn't, it never even dawned on me that changing my attitude or I could perceive things in a different way, and it actually would make a difference in my life for reality, not just your imagination. So I think that when a person sits down. And they really think to themselves, everything has an opposite. That's a law. Okay, I didn't know that. I mean, like, I know everything has an opposite, but I never really thought about the implications of that as far as my life. But now I'm drawing it out on a piece of paper, and I can conceptualize what that implication could mean. So, what else might there be for me? If there is an opposite to this, and they're connected, and I can think about the... What could that actually mean for me? So now it's like it, open, it opens the door a right. little, right? It gives a person something else to start thinking about because you have to change your thinking in order to get there, period. The question is, where are we going to start? So I'm hoping that that podcast helps some people start with changing their thinking in that little space, and then they grow it from there, from there right? You'll have a different experience, which will totally change your perception about something that you were like a staunch believer about. And then you'll be like, holy shit. If that can be true, what else can be true? Right. And then it causes more thought and you get more answers. You ask questions differently. You have different experiences. It expands your mind. And, and what I have found is that people get to the point where they're kind of like, holy shit, most of the stuff that they shove down our throats as being life is just complete crap right? It's just total crap. Like the earning of money is difficult. So many people believe this. Right. So the, that belief keeps them earning very little money all of their life. Not to mention that it's actually easier to earn more money than it is to suffer with l- earning barely enough. Like it just blows people's minds when they actually have that experience. But the question is, why do we have that experience? Because it gets shoved down our throat that this is the only way. And we build values behind it and beliefs and sometimes religious values and it becomes this construct that we live in that is absolutely not true. But we make it true because we believe it.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of layers there that need to be peeled back. Yeah. And I love that. I kind of liken it to a shark smelling blood in the water. Like you got that first taste of the application of what it was that you were learning was making a difference, changing your attitude. And that led you to question, well, if I did that in this short amount of time— where else can this work in my life? And that was the door, that was the blood in the water that you smelled and you sniffed it all out and you started making significant change. But it started, it was an inside job. I think that's the big thing. Everybody wants to point outward, like, what are they doing to me? What are you doing to me? It actually needs to start in here if you want to make true change.
0: Yeah. And if you remember the other part of the story, when I got sucked through the dam, which happened before I had this realization I was still looking outside of myself for a change. I'm like, well, something must change now. Like if God, because everybody convinced me that God saved me from going through, uh, dying in in this situation, that I had a higher purpose. And I'm looking like, okay, well, if that's true, then I should show up to work and something's going to change. Something's going to change in my life and nothing changed. Mm -hmm. Nothing changed. It did not change until I started looking inside and I made the change there. Then everything changed.
1: Yeah, love that. You mentioned that your life is a composite of how you are thinking and how groups of people think that you surround yourself with. So it's kind of like that hive mind, the people around you. If you were to change those who you spend time with, you'd start to see things differently. And this happened to you when you first started out. So one of the things that I'd like to know is how difficult was it for you to start cutting out people from your life? or bringing in new people into your life that were more reflective of where you were going? And were there times when you felt like you were being pulled back in and let them back yeah. in?
0: No, not well. So number one, it was very difficult. In the beginning, it was very difficult. I was so attached to other people, I had no idea how attached I was to them. Um, and it took, it, took, it, took, it took a few years to really start doing that, um, there there were people that were easier than others to let go of, people that were just complete assholes or whatever. That became very made it that easy. became very easy, <laughs> but then people that I actually cared about, or that I've had a long term relationship with, those were a little bit more difficult. I think that was I ever was it, was it ever like kind of turned back in? Those were in intimate relationships. Those were like I'm going to give this another chance or whatever, and it should have been a, just a clear, yeah. N- no, it's it, this. It's just we're not meant for each other sure. in this way. Sure. Um, and I'm not. I don't regret any of it because I learned so much. But to answer your question, I think that was the process. I know that was a process that I went down.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I remember when we were first starting on this journey with you, and we were we were growing and we were changing, and our family thought we drank the Kool-Aid and we were going off the deep end or whatever. I remember there were some people in my life who who are still friends to this day, but I'm not as close with them as I was. And I remember whenever I would go home, I would feel myself being pulled back into this, I don't want to say idiocy, but just doing stupid shit, right? And I could see myself doing that. And then having this awareness of that was the old me, I don't want to be that anymore. And then completely turning my back on it. But the pull was always there. I'm a, I'm a nostalgic guy. I'm always being pulled back into right. the past. It, it's important to make that distinction in the awareness that, okay, I can be in this environment, but I still can separate myself when I need to. So the pull isn't as strong anymore. As was it that was. a lot of was. drinking for you? It was a ton. Yeah. A lot of, because my, the culture where I grew up was all about, you know, you drink on Friday, drink on Saturday, hangover on sunday and go back and go through the grind (laughs) monday through thursday and then do it all over again but it was it was fueled by alcohol it was fueled by you know just dysfunction and there's still people you know that i talk with that are still in that environment um but i no longer this is the key i no longer try to change them and espouse what i have learned because if a person wants to change they're going to change nothing i'm going to say to them is going to change their outlook on right, life. Right. And I don't want to be the douchebag who comes back and says, "Hey, you're you I'm so much better than you." Yeah. And and that was something I really tried to avoid. But yeah, yeah, to answer your question, that was fueled by a lot of that.
0: Yeah. In the early years it was that for me too. Like the the people that I hung around, there were, although I was not doing drugs at this time because I worked for a company where you couldn't do drugs, sure. but a lot of them were from they were still friends from high school yeah. and stuff. And it was a lot of heavy drinking. There was a lot of heavy drinking going on. And to a dysfunctional perspective, not having a couple beers on Friday or Saturday, but I'm talking about like getting totally plat. Like that was the goal. Oh, totally. Let's go get get you know you know blind drunk. Yeah, yeah, fall
1: over in an alley and wake up you know two days later. Yeah,
0: I mean a lot of the guys that I worked with, uh, and this is this is this is honestly God true story. They would go down. There was this place. There was this place uh, down the street from us. It was called Johnny's Eighty Three. And it was a bar, kind of a titty bar type thing, right? It was, you know, there were topless women sure. there. And the guys would go down, their drivers would go down there and hang out there. And some of them would hang out there all freaking weekend. And they would come back, you know, they'd be on a bender for two days, three days sometimes. And they'd come back to work and still, you know, kind of drunk. And it was a, it was a culture it was a culture you know these were old timers and that's how they lived that's how they lived their life you know
1: yeah, yeah and, you,
0: and nobody really said anything you know i mean today i think in most places that probably wouldn't fly people wouldn't get away with it as much but back then people were still getting away with with that type of stuff so like i'll give you an idea like how much things have changed my grandfather was a cement mason and he worked really really hard you know um and of course his job was seasonal so a lot of summer work right so he was the guy that was a cement finisher that's what a cement mason is and he told me about the day that they came up to him and they said you can no longer drink beer on the job Mm. and he was like it's 98 degrees out here in Chicago you mean to tell me that I can't have a beer while I'm working now nobody was getting plowed but that was common, you know. The guys would bring a six pack to work, wow. and they would they would have a couple of beers while while they were working throughout the day. It was it was you know this is what you do when sure. it's when it's hot outside, and they changed it. And he was like, "What the fuck? Like True. what? You know this Chris is the most Chris is the craziest thing, because his whole life it was acceptable yeah. to be able to do that. So it changed over time, and I think that part of my youth kind of saw maybe like the last hurrah. With some of the people that actually got away, even though we were cracking down on it, there were still people that were getting away with with doing stuff, doing stuff like that. Now I've been out of that industry for such a long right, time; right. I don't know if it still exists. Sure. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody said, "Oh, this totally exists," and here's where they get away with it. But it is that ideology of the mindset of the people that you know, like these are things that are okay for them, and but it it really. Uh, it really stifles the progression forward of think because it's all about when do we get the next beer? When do we get? Mm-hmm. you know, Let's get home and just get fucking drunk and fuck and we'll do whatever what? we're gonna do. But we're, but there's not. It's not going home and reading a book or going home and going no. to a seminar and let's make ourselves better so that maybe someday we don't have to do this. It's in that mindset just, and it, and it's hard when it's family.
1: It, yeah, yeah, to, oh, to walk away from it. You know, yeah, it's true. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, So you closed out the episode by sharing the world does not need to change, you need to change. And you cited um, the excellent book, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Yeah,
0: that's a great book.
1: That book. So what about that book, you know, just for people who have never, I hope most people have heard of it, but for someone who maybe has not, why is it important to read that book?
0: Because you would not think that somebody could... Could not only do what they did while they're while well, what Victor did when he was in a concentration camp, um, but actually come out with a completely different viewpoint on life, and it's um, it's one of those. I mean, he, it's a contrast. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about watching people. Um, like he was trying to teach people how to think, so they could survive, and people that weren't doing it would be standing right next to them, and they would get killed. You know, uh, and why did the guards pick this person today to get killed and this person lived? And the peach he was teaching logos therapy at the time. And the people that were that were that he was able to actually teach, many, many of them actually survived uh, going through it. And the there's there's and I don't know about anybody else. I can just tell you what he says from his book. There wasn't a lot of evidence of trauma. You know, he came out and was a very productive man for the rest of his life. Many people came out and they were not. Right, you know? So what causes that? Well, we know what causes it. It's how you think about it. The story that you tell yourself about what you went through. And that's not to diminish the horrors that people went through. Like, I can't imagine. I just cannot imagine. You know, I've seen the movies. I've been to the Holocaust Museum several times. I've seen what this looks like. Living it, I can't imagine what that was like. It made Patton cry when he saw it. It made him throw up. When he saw it, here's old blood and guts, one of the toughest generals we've ever had, and it brought him to his knees. When he saw how these people were treated, it was that, it was that horrific. So Man. I think that it's significant in the aspect of that it was that horrible, and here was somebody that did something different and gives us a different viewpoint, gives us another option in our mind uh, that life doesn't necessarily have to be the same conclusion for everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely worth a read. And, um, it is
0: worth a read. It's 100%. definitely a classic. And very you know, good.
1: like when you talk about you can't change the world, but you can change yourself, that is a prime example of being able to change yourself in a situation and come out. Because in theory, he should have been wrecked. He should have been, never been able to function the rest of his life. Right. And yet he came out and did very productive things later on in his life. That's he amazing. Did. Well, uh, this has been great, great episode. Um, thanks for coming inside.
0: You bet. <laughs>